0: This is Paul Nobles from eatperform.com and I am sitting here with the lovely co-host Sarah Kumar. Sarah, if you want to say hi to everybody. Hello, everyone. So this is sort of a redux of our Friday podcast with a whole new audience. And so this is our fundamentals <laughs> class, and we do this historically. Uh, there, there are a number of people that can actually see this. Sarah, um, you are typing very loud, um, and okay. so my guess is that um, I don't know if you're. Are you like typing with hammers? Um,
1: I am like a kangaroo. Like that, I'm, I, I'm doing the kangaroo movement. Yeah, That's
0: exactly what I'm doing. So, yes, looks um, like that. Yeah, I, I, I love it when I make physical movements. Um, I'm sure that that makes for a great podcast. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, you have to narrate it. You have to see. You're furiously making your hands move as if you're furiously typing on a keyboard.
0: Yeah. Or like
1: a punching kangaroo.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And so, uh, anyway, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the the app today and potentially get into a few reviews um, from the app and then talk about some of the things that um, are important to the app and some of the updates coming and things like that. Um, so before we do any of that I want to talk to you a little bit about um, National Signing Day. Now we do have someone that that is in the class right now and so um, and actually I need to Plug in my phone so it does not die. So if you're on Facebook, you're like, where did he go? Uh, And if you're listening to the podcast, it probably sounds like I faded out and faded back in. And then you go, well, why don't you edit that out? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I have no idea how to edit these things. Um, So you you pretty much just get us raw. That's what we need to call this. We need to call this Eat the Point. Eat to perform raw, right?
1: You know what? I think that's perfect because I think that's exactly what this is.
0: Yeah. And did, I like
1: it. I, I, I personally like when I hear podcasts that it's real stuff. It's less rehearsed and it's just real stuff.
0: Yeah. I mean, we struggled with that for so long where we just, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, overthought the podcast and, right. and just didn't do it, you know. Because it's like, well, who's going to do the production? Should you have music fading in and out, you know, and all these different types of things? Um, Let me, because so we have Julie um, in the class.
1: Uh
0: Uh-huh. And so I am trying to see if she is in the app. She is in the app. So this is actually kind of cool. Um, It's weird. Uh, I've shown some screenshots to clients. Um, Not everybody can see the back end. Julie has done a phenomenal job saving. And so she's got most of her information in for each day. And so that makes things a lot easier. What is not happening in a lot of instances, is people don't know to save their data. Now we do have, with the next update coming, auto-save feature happening. And what the auto-save feature will do is you don't have to click the pencil in the upper right twice, um, <laughs> and so...
1: really sing. really saying, yay me. Yeah. Yes, you- Good job.
0: Yeah, and um, so that will be fixed because right now I would say, oh, probably 50% of the people are saving their data and 50% aren't. And so we're not really getting a lot of the information. I think once uh, the graphs come out, um, it'll be more clear to everyone whether their data is being saved or not. Right now, it, you know, you just save it. It says it's saved and you really don't see the data. Um right. and uh, you know a lot of people go well you know I went back to yesterday and my data wasn't saved I know it seems odd it seems like that should be the way that it should work um the reason why we don't do it that way is because uh, we viewed it as the when when the graphs get added, it will all make more sense. But the way that we viewed it is when somebody goes back, they're typically going back to add something that they forgot for that day. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they would add something, swipe up and then it would update both their information. And then they would click the pencil twice in the upper right and save it again. And so, um, so Allison's saying, yeah, she, she likes the fact that uh, things are, sort of raw and unprepared which is that's our that's our strong suit right it okay. is so i want to talk about something that i'm fairly certain isn't even remotely on your radar as a female um the thing oh, this the, is gonna be good yeah So, okay, so there's National Signing Day, and if you can't see, and you can actually see in the podcast, there's a picture of Skylar Green um, toasting Champ Bailey. I was at that game. That was the year that LSU won the national championship. Um, So National Signing Day is when these kids that are highly recruited all throughout the country – And I know this is, uh, you know, for the most part, Eat to Perform is a largely female audience. I have to say, when I first started Eat to Perform, I did not think that is what would happen. Um, Right. But it's been somewhat surprising that that is the case. And so National Signing Day is... These kids that are being recruited by by colleges and being a fan of LSU, I'm sort of interested in to see how how things go. So today on ESPN, they have all-day coverage of all the different schools that are recruiting these various kids. And these kids are 18. A good percentage of the kids never even end up playing for the college, right? They don't make the grades. There's all kinds of issues. Um, as it relates to, you know, these kids, but, but right now it's sort of based on talent. Um, it it gets alumni fired up. I mean, and I probably used to follow it more than I am right now. So, so this morning I I turned on the TV and there was the 20th, uh, the 21st ranked defensive tackle, um, you know announcing that he was going to like Texas University in San Antonio or something like that and i immediately clicked off the tv the the tv could not possibly cover this the way that a fan would want this covered right and and so um you just get to a point where it's just not you know not even remotely interesting. And it, it becomes, I think it, it's almost disgusting, right? Like you're, you're putting your hopes and dreams, you know, uh, for these kids. Uh, a lot of these kids, their expectations for what they're getting is very different than, you know, the expectation of a fan. Like if you're a fan of Louisiana State, yeah, you expect to be in the national championship contending most years, um, even though that hasn't happened in the last few years. And so, even though LSU gets the the cream of the crop, you know, or real close to the cream of the crop, um, it you know, a lot of the time we end up being a little frustrated at the end of the year. Um, I don't personally get frustrated. I mean, like. Um, I tend to look at these kids, college athletes as, as 18 year old kids, you know, Mm -hmm. and hopefully they're enjoying their college experience. And, and the fact that they're doing it, um, at, at a college that I root for, I think is awesome. But, (laughs) but, um, but I, my cousin Brad, as an example, is like insane about it, can talk to you nonstop, you know, and it's so funny because I remember this was probably, I'd say seven, eight years ago. We went to to Auburn, Alabama for a game, um, LSU against Auburn. And my dad had this RV and mm-hmm. um, we drove to Auburn in the RV. We stayed there for four to five days. I was actually with, with my cousin Brad's dad, my uncle Ellis, um, who actually has passed away since then. So it was a great moment for us to have as a family. And LSU lost that game. It was a really close game. We were actually sitting amongst uh, the families of LSU of the LSU football team. So it was real weird because, like, if you wanted to be critical, you knew that, like, the mom of the defensive tackle oh, was actually gosh. sitting right. So you really couldn't be critical. You couldn't say oh, anything. yeah, no. So we started to drive back. LSU loses the game, and I mean I could literally talk for days on end on the experiences that that my dad and I have had going to these games because when you're on the road, a lot of the time, if you think about it, you're going to lose, you know, um, especially because it's a highly um, touted game. You, you don't typically go to games that you know, you know your team's going to blow out another team, right? You want to see a good, challenging game. So my Uncle Ellis and my cousin Brad start breaking down the game as if they have any clue what they're talking about. No. And they oh, just no. don't, you know? And oh, no. and, and so, um, you know, I'm sitting here thinking to myself that we're going to have a nice family moment, you know, and <laughs> – and here these guys are like disappointed, and I was just thinking to myself, like, what do you guys do in real life? Like, oh my gosh. like, like, seriously? Because if you really knew what you were talking about, you would be coaching these kids. These jobs pay in a phenomenal amount of money, you know. Um, but the amount of analysis that the armchair quarterback thinks that he's got and understands is nowhere near the level of understanding that these coaches have, you know. And uh, every now and again, some of the thought processes that, you know, casual fans have actually end up coming true. As an example, Jamarcus Russell, um, who flamed out tremendously in the NFL, because he just couldn't read defenses, and and you know the the speed of the game was just way too fast for him. But he was the number one pick overall, and LSU fans were like, "We gotta let the reins go." And so ultimately, went once uh, once they lost that Auburn game, they did let the reins go. I actually thought that that was probably the best LSU team that's exist. You know that that was really? around. Yeah, that was one of the best wow. teams. Um, By the end of the year, um, and even though Jamarcus Russell was making a few mistakes, you know, the the team was good enough to kind of overcome that. And his talent was so obvious that obviously he went number one in the NFL draft. And, I mean, he's just a physical specimen. I mean, he was like a 270-pound quarterback guy. You know, he could throw, you know, 80 yards from his knees or whatever craziness they always talked about. Wow. Um, But
1: This is the. I like talking to you about football. Like I know what I'm talking about. Like wow.
0: I know. I know. It's it's. (laughs) I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, give me an example of something in your world that that I could think of and go, wow, that would be awesome. Wow.
1: You probably don't want to know. Us women are so intricate. (laughs) I mean, there's probably stuff you don't want to know. Like we talk about double unders and what happens um, for a lot of us women.
0: <laughs> yeah, my wife
1: chip <laughs> it. It's a real thing. Well, you know, and the thing—the the lengths we have to go through <laughs> to be able to still do those things that we love.
0: Well, you know, my wife had the the pee surgery, right? Right. So, so she she's had the surgery and it's worked great. And she's actually just getting back to the point where she's able to lift at the weights that she um as started at so that's in, awesome. anyway yeah i don't know i mean i could <laughs> yeah, actually i could actually
1: talking about that, so I,
0: I can i'm okay with talking about female bladder issues and and i mean you know this from coaching calls
1: menstrual cycles no, i know you are You're no right? I, I no guy
0: has talked about menstrual, menstrual no guy has talked about menstrual cycles more than i have right
1: Right. How about um, poop when we talk about poop in general?
0: I'm not how you feel I'm about not, that
1: conversation. I'm not
0: a huge bowel movement conversation guy. <laughs> you know? Um
1: I know, it, it's awesome.
0: I remember but the it's weird, it's I, what we do. I remember the first time I was in a hospital, I think I was getting kidney stones removed, um, and the woman asked me if I had a bowel movement. And oh my gosh. I, I think I was like twelve, maybe eleven. And I'm like, I genuinely have no idea what you're talking about. I don't. I, like, I had no clue um, what that terminology meant at the time. So, I, so I learned, I learned a little something on that day. I wonder where. Wait, I wonder
1: the first time you heard the word feces.
0: Yeah, that would have been that would have been a really late. You know, probably my twenties or something.
1: Right, yeah. right. I, I can remember that thinking, "What are you talking about, feces?"
0: Yeah, I live this sheltered <laughs> life, I guess, you know. I don't know when the age is that you would learn about bowel movements, but for me, it right, was right. 11, 12 years old. Okay, so um, we have one question. A slide input is sometimes hard to get the exact numbers on the app. I'll lift my finger. It moves to a different value. Maybe type in, do a uh, plus minus to adjust. Sorry, random side note. Okay, so yeah, that is coming. Uh, that is in the next update. Uh, which we start testing this weekend. There's a few things that are coming in that update. The text is one. Um, auto save is another. Um, health kit integration is is another. So there's a lot of really cool stuff that uh-huh. is coming. And so we are listening to you guys. Unfortunately, we can't just, you know, uh, you know,
1: Wave a magic flip
0: a switch and and then we're good yeah. to go. But but we we do have it on our brain, um, and so I'm just trying to think. Uh, there's some notifications like when you first sign up, uh, you know the the X of shame. A lot of people are talking about. We we put yes. we're putting some notifications so um, that is uh, a little bit more up to date. But I tell you guys like one of the things that's right off the bat noticeable. Um, and and what, uh, what I really need everybody to know if you're using the app is start from the app, right? And so if you're an elite client, it might be tempting to just request a review similar to the way that you used to do it we would rather you actually request a view from the app because if you request a review from the trend sheet, one, I think it's establishing a behavior that we want to sort of get away from, right? Like for the good majority of people, we want you to have access to us um, in the palm of your hand. And so um, uh, if you are requesting in your trend sheet, what ends up happening is we don't know if you have the app or not there's thousands of people that don't have the app so we're gonna naturally assume that you don't and then you know any changes won't transfer over but if you start from the app and request a review and we start to make a change within the app we naturally go into your trend sheet and also make that change Um, there's probably some instances I can think of two or three where I made some changes in the app and probably didn't go through with the um, making changes on their sheet Um, Mm -hmm. last week was pretty nuts you know um, you know I think we have over a thousand people now using the app Um, it was sort of surprising we had a coaching call yesterday with uh, um, Sarah and I and of the seven people on that call, six um, were Android users or or didn't have the app for one reason or another. Um, so there's still a lot of people obviously out there that, uh, you know, we're still working towards getting right. integrated and, and, and it's going to take a little bit for Android. So until then, you know, we're going to be using trend sheets, um, I which
1: I just real quick. Yeah. I just want to say, just so people know, because if you have made the habit and you've clicked request a review in your trend sheet, if your numbers get changed, you also want to go to your app then and click request a review, because your numbers need to get updated in the app for you.
0: Say that again, because I don't think you're saying it correctly.
1: So if you go in, if somebody requests a review from your trend sheet Mm -hmm. and they have the app, and you go in and you update their numbers. They also then need to go into the app and click Request a Review.
0: Which is why I'm saying Request a Review in the app and don't do it the way you just said it.
1: Correct, right. But if they do get their numbers changed in their trend sheet, they do need to go to the app and
0: click Request a Review. Yes, if you've had your numbers changed in your trend sheet, um, there are some instances that happen like that. Uh, In general, you know, um, most changes are made by Brad and I. And so uh, you know, we're we're trying I mean <laughs> I you know, I don't know if I could properly explain to people um the amount of thunderstorm from a data perspective that we were dealing with. Um so now that it's sort of evening out and getting a little bit easier, um, we're you know, we're we're able to get some of these little details. Um Nailed out, but yes, uh, if you want something changed in your app, you can go ahead and just request a review. So Kristen was saying that um, you know she she uh, you know was doing the eight day because in the app it it said that the eight day was preferred. Part of the reason why trend sheets uh, could always be problematic. Is because sometimes something might be put out there and the eight day trend sheet thing was something that got put out there and no matter how many times I said um, it's actually not preferred um, it never you know it never came across somebody's desk right like there was you know (laughs) you know there's a million things going on in Facebook um, yeah. Months before the app came out, you know, I started saying that the 8-day won't be supported. If you think about you know, coding at all, the amount of coding that would need to go in, um, in my mind, the 8-day was slightly better than the 7-day, but not enough to really make that big of a difference. And so we definitely are figuring out that a lot of people were using the 8-day and that they, they, they viewed it as slightly better. And it is slightly better, I think. Um, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough and there wasn't enough flexibility. And so I'd say on percentage, you know, probably in the neighborhood of about 5% of people, which is still a significant amount of percentage when you're talking about 1,000 people, Right. Um, That's still gonna be 50 people that that are gonna have to change. Um, And so she was asking, so my question is, what makes more sense, switch to seven day to use the app or stick with eight day? It sort of depends on how much you love the eight day, right? Um, I'd rather everybody switch to the seven day, just because, you know, if you think about it from my perspective, the big thing for virtually everybody is the communication piece. And so if you're still in trend sheets and the majority of the communication is happening through the app, you know, yes, we still have a big layer of support there, but um, we're really trying to move as much of, you know, when you look at the statistics, and this was actually from like a year ago, so it's probably even, even more now 92% of people are on mobile that's why we made the app right and so if you have to do everything on pc if it has to be manual and there's some things you're just going to have to deal with that right there's just you know you there's just no way of getting around certain pieces that are going to be difficult um but what we're just trying to do is sort of move everyone from what You know, we just believe that the piece that's most important is similar to what we're doing right here, where we're talking to you guys, you know, and we're getting you guys the information that you need. So, so Julie's been, go ahead. ahead.
1: No, I was just going to say Julie also, just another piece of communication, Julie, who is in our meeting, um, she signed up for a welcome call. She just had her welcome call last week. So that's another uh, big piece of it for her. So I'm really impressed that she made it onto a fundamentals so quickly.
0: Yeah, no. And I mean, fundamentals is like the most underused uh, oh. thing, and which is why I think it actually works as a podcast, just because more people can get the information. Um, so Julie's saying, how does health kit work? Basically, if you have an iPhone, um, it's the little heart and it, you know, just says health and I'll just tell you guys so it's it's a very political thing believe it or not. Um so Fitbit used to be sold in Apple stores. And when the Apple Watch was made, Fitbit viewed that as Apple attacking their business. And so when if you if you start googling it it's sort of interesting there's a lot of articles about it um and if you go to the fitbit forums you know they pretty much just said you know we're not going to integrate with health kit so you know we we sort of had this choice in in the beginning of what to do and and the good majority of people are on fitbit but if you think about it you know fitbit is going to have to go through apple for approval and all these other type of things and apple you know doesn't seem to care one way or the other. But every time you make an update, you know, there's all these different little disconnects that can happen. Um, MFP gets dropped. Uh, there's, you know, just a lot of different things. We haven't started testing HealthKit. Um, HealthKit, just in case you know, you're not known um, or you don't know, is that if you have a Fitbit, it does, you know, it doesn't integrate with HealthKit. That's that's the political piece, right? So, but if you want your MyFitnessPal, um, various devices, I believe um, Garmin supported, I'm pretty sure Polar supported. So we're we're still doing a little bit of, of testing on that. Now, whenever you start to bring in, you know, 50 more devices, you know, you're always right. going to have some kind of issue there. And uh you know, I I hope everyone's really appreciating how difficult this problem is, right? Mm-hmm. There's a reason why this does not exist in the marketplace. You know, um, there's a reason why you know Weight Watchers doesn't do this. There's a reason why you know uh, My Fitness Pal I mean, their their integration oh. their integrations are close, but they don't have it from a coaching perspective right so so you have all this information and you're getting the information but let's be honest most of you guys are not getting good results just from having that information Correct. and so you need someone to sort of help you along and that's what that's really what we do in the communication that we have so so Julie let, let me just run through Julie's situation okay. relatively quickly um, she's got a number of days set up, but she's also put information into the trend sheet. Uh, she is down five pounds, so that, that's really good since she first started. Um, and her macros are actually uh, fairly aggressive, uh, aggressively high. So. Uh, you know, being seeing the results um, as an example. Uh, you know, if you're you're just listening, and you're not familiar with Eat to Perform, her Super Day, which is our highest calorie day, you know, is probably in the neighborhood of about twenty two hundred calories. Now there have been some days where her calories have been lower, not uncommon, right? When you first start off to Eat to Perform, um, finding your groove, fairly certain. That Julie had counted macros before, right? Um, usually you can you can tell when someone is counted macros before because um you know they come in and, and they start getting greens right off the bat. If you're not familiar with either form, if you're not familiar with Trendsheets or the trends app, basically, you know, the closer you are to hitting your goal, it turns green. Under it's orange, over it's red. Um and so it's just a great visual way and it gives people something to work towards so they can um, you know get excited cuz you'll you'll often see people in the forums that talk about you know hey you know this is my first week having all greens and so um and 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 you know I have to say that that's like the genius of, of Laura you know from the person that really Kind of took the trend sheets to another level, yeah. uh, because I, I had no idea that that green, orange, and red mattered to people. <laughs> um, right. And right. so so it's really cool that that has evolved. Um, the only thing that I would say, and right now, you know, Julie's goals are fat loss. She's losing weight. High correlation between losing weight and and fat loss, so that's a good thing. Um, I'm probably going to go ahead and set her up in the app um, for a one-week auto review and the reason why I'm going to do that, uh, let's see, she is in fat loss and I want to uh, check weight. to see that weight isn't coming down too fast. So what I mean when I say that, um, set for one week auto review. Um, So that's something that's actually just happened with the app this week is, We can now auto-review people for the longest time. Um, We would ask people to request a review, and then they would have one or two days at you know, Aunt Sally's and, you know, eating apple pie all day or whatever, you know, whatever <laughs> hurdle it could possibly be. Right. And so then they wouldn't request a review one week later yeah. or two weeks later. And then all yeah. of a sudden, three months later, it's like, I haven't heard from you. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I went to Aunt Sally's and had the apple pie yeah. day. And then, you know, I got sick and then a weight fell on my foot and it's like the auto review really allows You know, I want to know how things are coming along with the hurdles, right? Not just when things are going well. Um, And so, in Julie's case, the big concern is that she's losing too much weight too fast, right? And um, a lot of times, when you first start off and you start to hit those greens, and she had a few days that were under. So, you know, once she starts to hit the plan, my suspicion is that we'll start to level out, you know, this week. And, uh, you know, working towards the goals that she has, it'll be fine. I love her macros. Uh, she's clearly somebody who, uh, you know, works out pretty aggressively, you know, or at least, you know, I, I, I saw her steps Um and her steps are like 18,000, 23,000, 15,000 um, and so those things are they're they're all super positive um, so
1: awesome and i did make those notes in your trench sheet in your TD app for you to
0: yeah and so and i also updated in the app so Trish is saying, How do "I don't know if my crest was received by you. I requested one, but an X showed up after it loaded, so I don't know if it went through. Um, I just need my super day. Okay, so this is sort of a, a, a you know, an admin question. Um, if you got the X, it did not go through. Uh, is probably the question, but uh, I guess I can. I mean, it's not going to make for a." astounding uh, podcast but mm-hmm. yeah so I don't see anything from requests or reviews. so uh, what it means is is your uh, your account just hasn't been set up so when somebody sets up an account um, we have to go through kind of this review process let's see if they're an need-to-perform member because you can't use the app unless you're an need-to-perform member um, And once we set that up, then we can start to have communications. But until that happens, um, it's just, you know, putting the cart before the horse. Um, I can check one more thing. Once again, I'm not going to make for the most amazing podcast. But (laughs) let me just see because it's usually easier – To explain that way so I am seeing the account and it looks like she was set up by Lori so um, the other thing that happens in the case of um, you know different layers of membership if you're not an elite member um, and, and usually, if you're kind of an older member, um, you're, you're, the amount of reviews are, are severely limited. And so, you know, one of the things that we're trying to do here is to have more communication. So, the two reasons why you would get the X would be um, if your uh, account's not set up yet, or if um, you've used up all your reviews, right? And so uh, I don't think that that's the case. We have we have it set up where you have a, a couple reviews. Um, I'm not really seeing anything in the back end. Let me just, you know, double check things. Yeah, so it doesn't look like she's requested a review yet. So she should be able to request a review now that um, now that our account is set up. So there we go. So Shanna's saying, this may have been discussed before, but I just got on. I wanna switch back to seven day rhythm. My rest day is always Sunday. Which day would be best to be super day? I typically work out every other day. Otherwise, cardio is a.m. and strength is typically late afternoon. This is sort of an interesting question um, from an overall perspective. From my perspective, Um, I, my super day is a rest day, right? Because it takes up to 24 hours for your body to really kind of sort through all the things that you're putting in, you know, um, in a lot of cases, right? And so, um, now does that mean I'm inactive on a super day? Um, it can be, you know, um, really people think about meal timing. And they want to acutely do it on the day that they're working out because they don't want to get it wrong, right? Right. And most things related to food is is much more about calorie average, is much more about, you know, what you're doing over the course of a period of time rather than an acute window. And this has been proven over and over again by science, right? And so – and when you look at the way that we set up plans you know and, and if you're not familiar with Eat reform the way that we set up plans is we want people to see results but we want those results to be a little bit slower just because we want people to maintain their muscle as they're they're going into a deficit right and and that, that's one of the reasons why the plans are dynamic and not static um, and so in terms of you know, whether or not uh, you should have a rest day. Some people do like having uh, you know, super days. I would say that works best in the, the evening um, because you're eating a little bit earlier in the day. Uh, the way that it's structured is your low day is before your high and super day. Um, and so typically what you will see is that's going to be a deficit day. That's going to be the day that um, you're, you know, going to be a little depleted. It sort of depends on what phase right. you're in and, and, you know, how active you are and stuff like that. But typically you would not want to run a marathon after a low day. Right. right. So yeah. just something to kind of keep in mind. Um, so, so Sherry's saying, just sneaking in, EDP is fixed. It was something totally unexpected. I sent you a private message on what happened. So we've been, <laughs> Sherry and I have been going back and forth because her account was messed up and, and you know, we knew it wasn't like some system-wide problem. Otherwise, you know, everyone, I mean, that's, what, that's one of the values of having um, thousands of people is, you know, when something is a problem typically you're going to know real fast and so the fact that, that you know it was it was sort of isolated um told me that was something unique and we we tried you know troubleshooting a few things but uh that, that's the other thing too i mean like when i go into people's sheets what i'm seeing is you know a lot of people saving their data a lot of people, you know, in the database and kind of kind of work. And we've got some people that are group coaching that have been using it for three weeks, and their file is perfect, and their their numbers are green. And you know, so so I'm glad that yeah. got resolved. Um, okay, so Stephen, uh, do you have any idea on what Stephen
1: just st- is asking? And so I just he, he has zero logging yet. And yeah, Brands like, you new. Know, like he's just starting wants to see he that his he wants his macros to be for fat loss and not performance is what he said.
0: Yeah, so um, I will take a look, but and I'm not seeing him in the app. So uh,
1: indicated performance for macros, but he said it should be weight loss. Would that change the macros much?
0: Um, it would not actually, uh, even though. Um he's set at performance. Um his macros I mean first of all he's six one. Um right. right. So uh and i I'm, I wish I had my macros right here. Um but you
1: want me to look up your trend sheet for you.
0: <laughs> well yeah, I do actually. Because okay. I, I want to show – see, what I'm imagining Stephen is thinking is that at 2,400 calories that he can't be at a deficit. Well, when you're 6'1", right, um, and, you know, male, your total daily energy expenditure is going to be a lot higher than than – You know, a female. We have a lot of females that are at these numbers that are working on deficits right now, right? So my big concern um, for Steven wouldn't be that these aren't fat loss macros. It's that these macros might be too aggressive. Right. Right? Right. and, and for
1: Stephen to know, like, that's why we do phases. Yes. That's why you're started in phase one. It's very conservative. We're usually very low. Yeah. Because we don't know where you're coming from. And usually it's an under eating background.
0: And I have to say, I mean, the phases is sort of a residual from kind of days gone past. Um, I don't always adhere to phases. A lot of the times I will look at what's happening with the client and when you know i mean if he jumps from 225 you know and uh you know he's actually not seeing any fat loss well then that might tell me that um he he came in under eating you know my suspicion is that these macros will seem fairly aggressive right off the bat right even though he was labeled as performance. You know, when you look at the phase three macros that we have for him, right? you know, the, the carbs are a hundred, you know, a hundred grams of carbs higher than we have them set at right now. You know? So, um, this is definitely, uh, you know, I suspect that this is, is a fat loss phase. And not only is it going to be a fat loss phase, my concern would be that it's, it's actually too aggressive, um, and if if uh, your weight doesn't go down with phase one macros, um, that's another signal to me, right? That you know, previous to eat to perform, you would have been um, aggressively under eating. So that's something to keep keep in mind. Um, I think the big thing for Steven is just going to be jumping the plan and do the plan. You know? Yep. Because right now we don't have any information. Um, I can look at his My Fitness Pal, And I don't know if he's been logging or not. Um,
1: yeah, he should get on a welcome call. I don't know if he's been on a welcome
0: call yet. Yeah, it doesn't look like he's logging. Um, and it doesn't look like he's been on a welcome call. So my guess is he got his plan. He's like, you know, I mean, even for males, you know, I would say for males the number that we always hear is two thousand, and the numbers that that women always hear is twelve hundred, right? Um, but that's irrespective of size, right? So if you have a female that's five eleven. You know, and and 189 pounds, you know, she would want to chew her arm off, you know, at 1,200 calories and and would often stall. That's one of the things that people don't realize is that, you know, when your calories are set too aggressively low, um, the good majority of the time, you know, that will start a plateau, right? Um, And oftentimes it, it always seems odd to people. But, uh, you know, when you start moving in the other direction, it actually can, can kind of accelerate, uh, a lot of things because, you know, one, uh, we, we actually talked about this today. I probably should have mentioned this, um, but we talked about sleep, you know, right. and when you undereat, like for a guy your size to be eating will compromise your sleep mm-hmm. and, um when you compromise your sleep workouts get compromised all that kind of stuff so that's that's really a lot of the factors that we come in and so a lot of people go well you know why do you need to know all this information because we're trying to pick through you know various pieces to allow you um to head in a path of success right right so um but yeah the the sleep thing there's so many people, and and yeah, I really should have gone at, at, at length on this, but we have, um, yeah. So so Sarah did get. We'll end on this note, okay? And, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna tell Stephen my macros. Um, yes.
1: And then Shana just had a quick question about her um, pattern.
0: Yeah. So. And, uh, so Stephen. Weighs 50 pounds more than me. Um, he's seven inches taller than me, maybe six inches um, taller than me. Um, my macros uh, for carbs are set at 375, 300, and 229. Um, my fats are 89, 89, 114. Um, My workouts would not blow you away, right? Um, So I'm not really like this super killer um, and you go, well, okay, but you're not looking for fat loss. I still think that that does illustrate a real strong point, right? Yeah. Um, Just because uh, when you're not focused on something like this – your, your natural tendency is to want to get as aggressive as possible just to be done with the fat loss phase so you can get back to eating normal. And, you know, yes, we extend it probably a little bit more than most people do because most people don't realize they can get a lot of success without getting so aggressive. You know, um, so that's something that a lot of people don't know. Um, so give me Shana's question and then we am going to talk about sleep and then we'll end the podcast.
1: Okay. Gina just, she's, um, and we did talk about patterns, but she just needs to switch back to the seven day. Her rest day is always Sunday. Would it be best to be a super day? I work out every day. Otherwise,
0: well, I, that I did answer that question, yeah, right? She just wasn't on. Okay. Um, but I did answer that question. What I talked about was the fact that uh, your super day actually might be a rest day unless you work out in the evening. And so um, you can actually just kind of go back. That was probably 15 minutes ago that I, I talked about that. So you can rewind that on SoundCloud or, or on Facebook. Um, okay, so a couple things that I talked about with the sleep that it, that's really important. Um, one, with workouts – Most people don't realize that they have a dysfunctional sleep pattern, right? And so there's a lot of people that are, are are sleeping six hours a day and they think that that's normal. And there are some people that six hours a day is normal and they are well-rested and don't have a problem. I would say that those are extreme outliers, right? The good majority of people um, probably sit in that range of about um, seven to eight and a half, right? Um, you know, for a long time, there are definitely times of the year where seven is good for me. And then there's other times of the year where eight and a half needs to happen. You know, and I would say right now, probably in an eight and a half period. Um, so what I, what I brought up in in, 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 it became a big topic of conversation was the fact that, uh, you know, my sleep was interrupted one night and so i didn't work out and you can always work out the next day right i think i think there's way too many people and that's one of the benefit of of having you know literally years underneath your belt um there's not there's not this rush anymore to get to perfect you know um, you start to realize like perfect's not the goal, and you know, what would be better? And I think if you ask most people when they first start off, what would you rather sleep or abs? They would say abs, and then 10 years into their journey, they would say sleep, right? And that's something that I think most people need to hear. And I think you're more likely to get abs if you focus on the sleep than if you focus on the abs right? And the example that I used was, um, a lot of people will, you know, deal with extreme insomnia, you know, related to having their calories super low. They don't always make that connection. Some other things that they don't make the connections when their nails brittle, their hair goes bad, right? You go through these big deficit cycles and it does affect a lot of that type of stuff. And so a lot of people will say, um, yeah, I will just deal with not sleeping and I'll deal with the sleep after once I have the abs. And I said it was similar. That would be a similar relationship to uh, wanting to be in a car wreck and then have a facelift after, right? You'd be better off not having the car car wreck and the facelift, right? Um, and so I'm not sure that everybody gets that connection, but-, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it, it's not just about physique. I mean, you know, obviously with the Internet and Instagram and, and, and all this type of stuff, you know, there is a high emphasis on on looking good. And and if you take this supplement, you will get this. And if you take this, you will get that. Um, the reality is, is that most of the images that you see on the Internet you know, the, the people have a muscle pump going, right? And you're 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 taking your picture, yourself, you know, like, I don't look like that. Well, you know, you'd look a little bit more like that if you took it five seconds out of the gym. Um and so never that's a lesson to you to all you kids out there. Um definitely make sure that uh you know you're taking your selfies after a muscle pump. Um, the other thing that I think is also important uh, to understand is that this is really a health question, you know? And whenever you sacrifice health for, um, body image, oftentimes you don't end up with the the right type of body image anyway. And so if you can focus on the health portion, I think your mentality is so much better. Um, and if you're willing to go to the lengths of having your nails fall out and your hair um, fall out and deal with no sleep, I, 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 I say this honestly. I think you should ask for, talk to a counselor, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because I, I think that, you know, whatever you're dealing with is not a calorie issue. You know, and I think what happens for a lot of people, they start on the calorie path and it starts to go. And and it seems odd that I'm talking about sleep and calories. And a lot of people don't make that relationship, but, and, 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 and also carbohydrates, right? So, um, you know, when you look at a natural antagonist to, um, cortisol, I think this is always interesting that cortisol is a hot topic within the, the low carb community. Um, but it's well known that, you know, if you're keeping carbs out of your diet, that cortisol levels are going to go up, right? That Mm -hmm. insulin is a natural, um, antagonist to, um, cortisol. And so what we find and, 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 you know, we've, we've, talked about this for four years on this site and it always shocks people that when people start adding in carbohydrates to their diet their sleep just goes goes up. Part of the reason being is you were under eating and your cortisol levels were higher than they needed to be and so as we start to regulate that a little bit you start to see some positives. Um, the problem with all of this is that no one everyone thinks that their problems are simplistic i was listening i was watching um there's been two instances this week where people were called fatties right yeah and so we we were talking a little bit about this the other day where the the Uh show the american housewife um a central theme is the fact that she's a fatty and that, you know, she's surrounded by all these people that aren't fatties. And then I was watching the Bill Burr, um, you know, uh, stand-up special on Netflix. And he was talking about how it's very simple to not be a fatty, right? Um, and and kind of walk through why fat shaming, there should be more fat shaming. And of course, he's a comedian. So he's trying to be funny, Right. Um, right. And and you don't get any attention for not being controversial, right? right? So when you talk about fat shaming, when everyone is saying you shouldn't be fat shaming, naturally that's going to get a few people worked up. And that wasn't that wasn't the only one that was even remotely controversial. Um, I still, I I didn't really finish it. Um, I didn't find it particularly funny and I love Bill Burr. I listened to his podcast, um, on Mondays and Thursdays. Um, I did not think that this was the best of the best. There were moments that were funny. I will probably finish it up. Um, but he's wrong about, uh, how easy it is to lose weight. Um, now, some of the circumstances, you know, um, of course, he, he would say, well, now you're bringing in, you know, all these different elements, but you don't know what caused someone to get to a place where they, they gained weight, you know. And one of the things that, that I always talked about that I've, you know, talked about probably since day one was most people diet their way. To obesity through various binge and bust cycles because they do what he said you know they just you know um eat as little as possible do as much as possible and every person is a little bit different and he put it out there as really simplistic and there were elements of what he talked about that that you know rang true um, but as someone that deals with obesity on a daily basis, I can tell you that every situation is a little bit different, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a little bit of what I was talking about with sleep. And 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 this is you know somewhat controversial, but but I don't think it is, you know. Um, there's so many people dealing with with mental things that. I think, are sleep-related. You know, I think when you have sleep um, and and you've been kind of in this fog for a really super long time and you start to deal with, you know, mental issues, you start to deal with physical issues, a lot of the times if we can look at food and we can look at sleep, we fix a lot of those problems. Right. And um, so it just brings a level of complexity to the issue that I know it's funny, you know, and, and I know that as a comedian, you get to say fatty when you shouldn't, you know, and, and I get that part of that is trying to put out information, um, that is intentionally controversial. So, so, so people consume your content. Right. Um, so I get all that, but, um, I do think that and, and and one of the points that he made was that your situation shouldn't change him, right? And so so he can feel whatever he wants to feel, and because you've had struggles with food. So if you just look at it on a food issue and you just say, this is about cookies, right, and don't eat the cookies, then yes, his his opinion, you know, he can have that opinion and certainly he can have that opinion and, and it's no big deal one, one way or the other, right? You know, I don't think people should be able to force him to think one way or the other. But what if it was a lot deeper than that, Right. I mean, what if, you know, there were circumstances that, you know, were out of that person's control, right? And they use food or they used alcohol or they used you know, um, I don't know that it should change your opinion, but it it should certainly allow for a level of empathy that, you know, wouldn't have you calling someone, you know, A fatty, right? I mean, you know, it's like using the N word, you know, um, against someone that's African American. You know, Um, he wouldn't do that because he would deal with all kinds of stuff. And actually, in the case of Bill Burr, his wife is African American. Um, So there's a sensitivity there, right? So if you view it as a weakness, then yes, his opinion matters greatly. But if you view it from the standpoint of the issue is much more complex than that. And and I know we 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 started talking about sleep and then we moved here um, but I I just think that these things are not as simple as people think, you know. Right. And people dealing with sleep or is not, you know, I, I know for the longest time when I was dealing with sleep, I was overweight You know, and they were suggesting CPAP. Um, You know, to this day, I I never went to a sleep clinic. And I know for damn sure I should have gone to a sleep clinic. Right? Um, Yeah. But, you know, you just don't make all of these things a priority. And so when you look at things from a simplistic standpoint and you say, okay, my calories just need to be lower, you know, maybe, maybe not. You know, we see a lot of people you know, that respond very well to calories being higher because it allows for more activity and they feel like doing stuff, you know. Um, that certainly was my my case, and I would argue that that's probably the case for most people with more fat to use, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, I know this podcast got long, but I, th- I think it's kind of an interesting discussion to have, and, and you know, as someone... That deals with this on a daily basis with thousands of people, you know, um, and every situation is a little bit different. Um, you know, there it, it might not, you know, it might not be funny. Right. Um, but it would allow for a little bit more empathy from from that standpoint. So that's just my overall point there. Um, anything that you wanted to get out before we shut it down?
1: No, I think we're good. Just new people get signed up for your welcome
0: call. Yeah, the Skip welcome it. the welcome call is is so huge. It's done by Sarah, so you'll you'll get the chance to um, get <laughs> <laughs> get <laughs> first shifts. a first hand version of uh, Sarah's uh, Sarah's what unicorn? Yeah, you
1: get a tour of my house while we're talking.
0: Yeah, or awesome. cat or cat look want, at my
1: Christmas decorations.
0: Oh, by the way, the other thing too, um, and I know no one's gonna hear this, but in the Bill Burr co- uh, in the Bill Burr podcast, his wife needs to be on there more. Every single time his wife is on there, the podcast is way more interesting. Um, it's pretty good. I like it. You know, I mean, it's probably not the first thing that I listen to every single time, um, but if his wife was on it, because they have a good chemistry back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and that's fun. Yeah, because I mean, what he does is really super hard. Like just talking into a mic. Um,
1: yeah.
0: The oh.
1: <laughs> headphones going off. It's it's, it's that a, messed up the whole podcast.
0: Always fun. Yeah, and we almost got out right. Um, it almost ended. All right, guys. I appreciate everybody being here, and I'll talk to you later. Bye now.